0: And welcome to Minutes 117 of Season 5 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee our way through the 1990 Bruce Lewis action flick Die Hard 2, Die Harder, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me on this special Sunday edition episode is Sean German of The
1: Next Scene Podcast. Welcome back to the show, Sean. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me back. Excited to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And and once again, I love you, Sean. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and once again, they told me there were terrorists at the airport.
0: <laughs> or or you can say the other line also. We we you know.
1: I say. Why, why does this, why does keep, this happening? keep happening to us
0: minute 117 begins with someone playing dumb and ends with credit for a gordon company silver pictures production so basically we we ended things yesterday with uh john getting stumped by lorenzo who asks him you get this ticket in in, in my airport and john just like looks at him you know he's he his mind is racing how do i respond to this what am i supposed to say yeah. Am I supposed to be truthful here?
1: Well, and why do I care about a parking ticket at this point? Like it, you know, look around you. There's, you know, sirens, police, fire, firemen, you know, fire trucks, ambulance. There's so much going on. And you're worried about a parking ticket at this point in time?
0: No, he's worried about how he's gonna tell yeah. his wife <laughs> that his car got that her yeah. that her mother's car got towed. <laughs> yeah. I think her that's her more of the issue. car got towed. Yeah, yeah, I I don't think the wow. issue is is, you know, a big deal. I have to pay a parking ticket. It's that I now have to actually tell my wife that we don't have a car. <laughs> yeah. You know, in the middle of the night, he's now gonna have to call his father in law to come pick him up.
1: Or send him a Right. Cab. Yeah, there was no uh there was no Uber at this time. So uh That's right.
0: Know. That's right. So basically you know, we see John's mind racing, trying to figure out how he's going to respond to this. And then the shot goes back to to Lorenzo. And, you know, just to go back to what we were talking about yesterday with the people in the background behind Lorenzo, you know, the they're, they're a little blurry now. Yeah, I guess the proposal is over. And uh, it, it actually looks like he still has his jacket on. So maybe that's a continuity error. Yeah. We
1: saw him taking off his jacket and now he has a jacket. He yeah he did not give his jacket to uh, to the woman wow. that was sitting there whose foot he was examining previously. That's right. That's right. I guess maybe she said no. Then but he probably wouldn't possible. have he wouldn't have stayed there. I, she didn't say no. She
0: said but they told me there were terrorists in the airport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: they told me there were terrorists at the airport. <laughs> and then Lorenzo uh,
0: looks at him and goes ah what the hell it's Christmas. And he he rips it up and just like throws 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 it through the air for Marvin to clean up later. You know, do do you think he's allowed to do this? Is he allowed to to just rip up a parking ticket?
1: Um, well I'm thinking like is he allowed to like can he? I don't know. I hope so. Or maybe just he's thinking with you know all the terrorists at the airport like it'll get lost in the shuffle because I'm thinking so I'm thinking at, at so so at this time. Uh, you know, everything's on paper. So it's not like he's, he probably didn't call it in or it's not registered in some system. So the only record of the ticket is the physical ticket himself, you know, itself, either, you know, the paper copy that you put on the windshield of the car, or I assume that there's another copy that the uh, the police have a hold on. But so that, that paper is the only record of the ticket. But I wonder if they, do they track that? So when they go in and they, uh, you know, doing accounting of all the tickets that uh, that this you know that uh, you know NYPD blue here has written, and they notice like one serial number is off. I assume they're numbered sequentially. Um, you know, they notice like, oh, hey, why is this one ticket missing? Well, they have to explain uh, what happened. But I exactly guess you know, I just it. think they have you know you have some um, uh, you know some wiggle room. You know, they're they're allowed to give warnings or, or you know rip up a ticket like this. Yeah, I I think it's okay. Okay, again, I, I don't no know idea.
0: I don't I don't know what the the legal ramifications are in in uh, Washington DC about this. I mean, I a little over it was probably like twenty three years ago. I was a police officer here in Israel for 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 a few months. So it was just for six months before I, before I had enough of it. But but one of the things that they told us is is that you have discretion about giving a ticket up until you start writing it. Once you start writing it, you have to give it. Again, that's what the law is here, you know, for the police, because it goes according to the fact that they, you know, they keep an account of how many tickets are being given. But they also, you know, uh, you know, they they, they, want to have quotas. So they want to know, you know, you can't just skip a number and stuff like that. So so to me it's very strange to me it's strange for him to be able to to rip it up and just uh, throw it in the air like that you know and he's also littering I mean we talked much earlier in the movie about the the fine for littering in Washington D.C. and New York uh, which I think now
1: he can be fined for this also for what he's doing he's just a scofflaw at this point he's crossed over to the other side he's no longer on the, the side of law and order that's right
0: that's right Because, you know, he's NYPD, you know, Law and Order and NYPD Blue just don't work
1: together. That's interesting. So I knew there was a rule as it pertained to towing. I know, like, if they, once your vehicle is hooked up to the tow truck, that most places then they're, like, committed. They can't, you know, they have to then complete the, the action of towing you back to um you know the yard or wherever and then you can claim your vehicle there once you start towing but it's interesting that that the, the same applies to to tickets once you start writing um that then the the um you know the officer of the law is committed to completing that ticket at at that point
0: right because i i mean at least with us we 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 did have a carbon copy there you know so the, you know you you don't you're not writing it out twice so there is a record you need to have you know the the you know the the, the white version and the, the the yellow version and the pink version you know you know in, in triplicate or whatever it is so yeah it's just it, it's just strange to me this to, to see him doing this again maybe he maybe being the police chief there he does have that discretion maybe you know if you bribe the police chief enough you can get him to you know to rip up tickets or just uh you know if you save the day
1: it's extenuating circumstances
0: correct I yeah
1: uh... correct it and I mean, leeway in, in these kind of uh, situations.
0: Right. And the, the truth is, this is the first time that I've noticed that, that Lorenzo has a wedding ring. You know, I never, never thought about it beforehand about, is there a Mrs. Lorenzo somewhere? But apparently there is. And he doesn't oh, yeah. need to call her and say, honey, I'm going to be late because there, <laughs> someone told me they're terrorists at the airport. You know, <laughs>
1: Because they told me they're terrorists at the airport. That's right. I don't know. John
0: smiles at the, the chuckle that, that we get from Lorenzo. He's, he's finally happy. You know, I, I I think that they wanted to end the movie, you know, showing that Lorenzo's not really such a bad guy. But now tell me something. He just ripped up the ticket. But does that help John get his car back because his car is in the impound?
1: <laughs> no, that does not help John at all.
0: That's right. John will go to the impound and say, I need my car. They'll say, okay, did you pay your ticket? Um, no, Lorenzo ripped it up and threw, threw it all over the runway. <laughs> Oh, well, if that's so the case, all this, right, here's your... This here's may your have piece. actually
1: made things... Har- yeah, they made, well, they may made things harder for him because, yeah, they'll ask him, oh, you know, um, you know, there, there's towing fees and impound fees, but you also have to prove that you paid the original ticket, which now he can't pay because there's no record of it. That's right. So how does he get his car back? How, well, how does, you know, how does he get his in-laws' car back? Even worse.
0: That's right. Maybe maybe this is all part of Lorenzo's plan. Lorenzo wants him to think that he's a nice guy, but Lorenzo actually has this plan to screw John over even more. Because now you're not going to get that car back so quickly. You thought you were going to go back and pick up the car
1: tomorrow. Now you're going to have to wait at least a week. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: it's very, very devious that Lorenzo. Gets That's right. on that one.
0: That is correct. Holly is still looking on completely confused. Not knowing what's going on at all, so you know, uh, I guess John John's gonna have a lot of explaining to do when he gets home, when they, when when they get back to to his in laws' house. You know, not only to tell the in laws about everything that just happened, uh, and why you know why we've left the kids by you for a few hours without being in touch. So you know, yep, not not something. I mean, I guess John. I guess John must get along somewhat with his in-laws because he is staying with them without without Holly. So it can't be it can't be
1: that horrendous. Yeah, they've got to be questioning. So even you know, so Holly is questioning as she did last minute. Why does this keep happening to us? Um, I want you know what do her parents think? Like why does this keep happening to our no good son-in-law? Why That's does she sorry. keep dragging our daughter into these crazy situations? That's right. You see, you know, you, you have
0: chick magnets, and he's a terrorist magnet. You know, terrorist magnet. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I don't know. The the two of them uh, wiggle around and and sit down on the back of the the golf cart, and we have uh, Lorenzo just looking at them from afar. Once again, we see the paramedic still hitting on their their girl or proposing in the background, and this time you can actually see that that she does have a jacket around her. So he did take off his jacket and gave it to her. So he he is. Quite okay.
1: Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, because the the last time we saw him, it was kind of out of focus in the background, but it that's looked right. like he was walking away. That's right. Uh, that was my first thought: is like, why wow, he's just walking away from her? But apparently, he was just walking to be get behind her, so then he could put the jacket over her shoulders. Right. Chivalry is not dead.
0: Apparently, uh, chivalry is not dead in Washington D.C. in Dallas Airport. How's that? <laughs> and so then the. We, we we get a, a crane shot here, which shows the you know the golf cart start uh, moving moving on, and John and Holly are in the back. Holly puts her shoulder puts her head on John's shoulder, and then we we see all of these uh, other people you know just uh, standing around. There is a police car with a trunk open, with people hugging in the back of behind the car. Can't really figure that one out. Uh, there's an ambulance uh, moving backwards. And I, first of all, I, I love the shot because it's a great pan to give us the full version of what's going on here. You know, we see all of these these various, uh, you know, uh, emergency vehicles. And we, we see the planes. And we can actually finally see how many planes are here.
1: You know, did, did you count how many planes uh, we get to see in the shot? We see one, two, three, four, five, six. At least parts of six planes i think correct yeah one of them would you see like the
0: the the, the uh the fin you know right mm-hmm. next yeah to- one
1: is just like the tail or and then one is like just the nose but then there's with four that we see the whole plane um and i was a little surprised that they, they um there doesn't seem to be as many people as I expected. And, you know, on the scenes on the ground. That's right. With, uh, with John and Holly, we see in the background, there's just you know, all the people that we talked about that are embracing and hugging and, and all the emergency personnel that are responding. But as we back up, and maybe by this point, it's, you know, two minutes have passed. So, uh, they, you know, people have had time to disperse. But as they pull back, uh, the scene does not seem as crowded no as, uh, as as it looked uh, you know a couple minutes ago
0: that's right you know because every, everyone uh, went somewhere else to hug i don't know yeah <laughs> and uh you know as the, the 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 crane pulls pulls away so we start hearing uh you know the movie's theme song or the 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 the, the series theme song because it starts playing uh, let it snow let it snow and let then it snow, let it snow let it snow that's right and then the uh we, we start getting credits so the the first credit we get is directed by Renny Harland uh followed by the screenplay um you know screenplay by Steven D'Souza and De Richardson then after that we get the produ- produced by Lawrence Gordon Joel Silver and Charles Gordon you know and and i i like the fact mm-hmm. that that we still see people like moving around cuz you know, it, it always made me wonder if this is a real shot of airplanes, you know, or is it like a matte painting or something like that. But it, it seems to me that this is a real shot because you do have people moving back and forth and and vehicles moving and stuff like that. That it's very possible that when they film this, and I believe this, I I, I will always believe that what they're what they're filming here is the uh scenes that they did in alpino michigan which is where i was actually supposed to go with a friend of mine to go to go be extras on this movie and we never did it you yeah. know silly mm. silly 16 year old no. me <laughs> i should have gone i should have gone. Um, gone that's right so i i believe that that you know what they might have done was just you know move these planes into position and then you know uh, film, film the scene here because they were filming all night. At least, if this was, if this is what took place in Alpena, Michigan, you know. But my, based on what I recall, th- that is what they, you know, what they were uh, uh, filming. You know these scenes. Then we have the uh, DP, whose name is uh, Oliver Wood. Have Have you ever heard of uh, Oliver Wood before? I am no, I'm not familiar with with Oliver Wood. You know, because like for me it's it's always interesting that you know you see you see some of these action movies from from the 80s and stuff like that and the uh, in general the you know a lot of the the dps back then became directors you know you have like yanda Bond and stuff like that so so oliver wood was a di- uh, director uh, a dp that was a cinematographer that was born in 1942 and he he just passed away recently he passed away in February mm-hmm. uh, of this year at the age of eighty. Okay, he was a cinematographer on sixty different movies, according to IMDb.
1: Sixty, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, well, yeah, he's he's worked on some uh, on some Tuesdays there.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, he's he's definitely. Uh,
0: you know, done done some some great stuff. I mean, all the way back to nineteen sixty nine, he was a he was a cinematographer. And uh, I mean, th- this this to me is one of the biggest uh, uh, movies on his uh, resume. I mean, he was also in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. He was the DP there. Mm-hmm. He was a DP for Rudy. Have you ever seen Rudy? With Sean Astin? Yeah, Rudy. Yeah, sure. Rudy. Rudy also uh, Rudy, worked Rudy. on
1: Face Off with. That's, Rudy, right. Rudy. That's right, That's yeah. he, and he uh, he did Mr. Rudy. Holland's Opus. I love that movie. Mr. Holland's Opus, yeah. Uh, Face Off with John Woo. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh the 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 Born Supremacy, The Born Ultimatum,
1: Born Identity. yeah.
0: did a few of those Born
1: yeah. films. He did, yeah, he did three three of the Born films. So yeah, he yeah, did a he's... stretch. Uh, did some Will Ferrell films also? Talladega Nights, Step Brothers, the other guys. Yeah. Uh, worked did some Inkerman too so did some comedy as well some action some comedy yeah he got around yeah i'm actually surprised that we that, that i've never heard of him beforehand yeah just bring all those people you know just quietly working behind the scenes uh, his, yeah. his final credit was morbius right in 2022 so he was he was morbid right yeah. to the end
0: that's right and he he was a um he was supposed to be the, the cinematographer on Cutthroat Island, which was a Rennie Harlan movie, a pirate movie with Rennie Harlan's wife at the time, Gina Davis. Uh, but while they were filming, mm-hmm. he actually fell off a crane into a water tank and broke his leg, and needed to be oh, replaced. Ouch! Yeah, yeah. So you know, that'll that, do it. Uh, yeah, I would think so. You don't you don't really want that happening. <laughs> no. No um then then we have the production designer john uh Viloni, or vallone i don't know if I do. and as his credit fades uh, fades out the the background also fades out you know we get now a black background instead of seeing all the planes uh then we have the supervising editor Stuart Baird and then you know then then you know they're they're done with the main uh you know uh technical credits. And then you have, you know, a Rennie Harlan film. And then it says uh, a Gordon Company Silver Pictures production. And that, that's pretty much how this minute ends. You know, tomorrow we'll continue with the cre- with, with more credits. With stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I, I like the way that they do this. That, uh, you know, because this movie has the only opening credit in this movie is just the the words Die Hard to Die Harder. That's it. Nothing beyond that hmm Yeah. So some of these credits are credits that you normally would see at the beginning of a movie. So they're sort of like doubling up yep. by the way
1: that they do them. Yeah, but, Yeah. particularly like directed, director and screenplay. That kind of stuff usually is up front. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So do you have anything else for this minute before we get into the script? Uh, No. Yeah. No, nothing else
0: for the minute. Right. Unfortunately, there was no credit for the uh, paramedic uh, being chivalrous. Uh, you know, we're not, <laughs> not going to see him so the, the the script, we have the last three lines of, of the, the script where it says, McLean and Holly get into the cart. Marvin drives them away light blinking, and we pull back until McLean and Holly are just part of the crowd. The end. So again, I, I find it very interesting that the whole Lorenzo thing is missing here. You know, as I mentioned yesterday. It's something that that, that made sense to put into the movie, which is obviously probably the reason why they put it in, but you'd think that it would have been some, somehow incorporated into the script that they would have thought, you know, because it's, it's, it's an elaborate scene to have to deal with, you know, with, with John, John and Holly, you know, with all the blood and guts on them and stuff like that. And you got, you know, Marvin getting ready to drive off on the golf cart and you got uh, this guy proposing in the background and you got, you know, Lorenzo uh, ripping up tickets, whether he's allowed to or not. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on at the same time. And if this was all something that they decided, you know, on the spot to do, that's pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, again, today is Sunday. So, uh, normally we don't have episodes on Sunday. So, we don't have a Sunday segment. But because uh, Sean won't be with us uh, on Wednesday... So we're going to actually do today, we're going to do a Wednesday segment, which is Off the Beaten Track uh, Aviation Edition. So basically the the idea behind this segment is that my guests will give some sort of uh, story, anecdote, adventure, misadventure, something that's happened to them over the course of their life that is somehow related to mm-hmm. uh, aviation. Uh, could be any type of you know flying. It could be something that's related to an airport, airplane, uh, uh, space shuttle. I don't know. Uh, so Sean, <laughs> what what type of uh, story do you have with us about you going to the moon?
1: Yeah so I have a um, yeah an airplane related I don't know if it counts as a story it's, it's a series of words that I'll speak and, and you will hear so uh, yeah so and, and one of the sort of um, I guess tropes or cliches one of the things that people joke about when they uh, talk about flying is that the reclining seats um, and I guess it depends on which which end of the, the seat either, um, you know certainly, if it's the seat in front of you that's reclining, then uh, then it goes all the way down and you know, you feel like a dentist where you can like look in the person's mouth because their head is in your lap. but um if it's if it's your seat that's reclining, um, usually it's it's not far enough and it doesn't seem to really move much. And I know um, I've always kind of wondered because I never felt like, uh, the the seats really recline much, and does it you know did it make a difference? Is it worth uh, reclining at all? Is it just one of those things that's like a you know an illusion of of some kind of choice and i I learned uh, kind of learned the hard way that um no that that recline actually makes a difference. and I, I don't know if this is you know if if there's a reason if they've calculated kind of what you know how many degrees a a airplane seat should or needs to recline, but um I'm experienced flying. I've got a, um, uh, basically, I've got a syndrome. I've got low, ordinarily low blood pressure, but then I've got a, a sort of condition or syndrome where my low my blood pressure will drop, and uh, you know, very very much very quickly, and it causes me to, uh, I guess, I'll say faint. I mean, it's it's not. A doctor will say, no, that's not what fainting is. But to the layman, to the layperson, um, you know, one minute, one moment I'm standing and the next minute I'm flat on the ground and I'm unconscious. It looks like I'm fainting because my blood pressure has dropped. And um, I had an instance where um, uh, my wife and I, we were flying. I forget where exactly what trip it was, where we were going, but we were on the plane. Um, we're in our seats. Uh, it may have been during takeoff where I suddenly I feel lightheaded, I feel woozy, I'm dizzy, I feel one of these episodes coming on. My, uh, uh, you know, my my blood pressure is dropping. And and normally what the uh, what what the doctor recommends, what what my doctor has told me to do when I feel this coming on is to lay down flat, get as flat as I can, um, as possible. If I can lay down on the floor. Uh, you know, if there's a bed or a couch, but even if it's just laying down on the floor, that's that's what I should do. Um, now, at this point, I, th- I believe it was it was during the process of takeoff. Um, so, like, it really wasn't practical. I mean, it's difficult enough on a plane to, to someone to get up and then lay down in the aisle on a plane. Like, that would have been disruptive enough. But particularly during takeoff, um, I don't think they would have appreciated it. But um, I put my seat back, and it helped. I was, I was surprised. I was shocked. Like, I didn't think I'm like, this is not going to do anything. I'm going to faint. I'm going to have an episode and this is going to be a whole thing. Like, you know, just want to make sure. And this is something usually I just, you know, if I lay down with a few minutes, a little sip of water, it passes. So my main, my first thought is um, let me get as flat as possible. My second thought is um, I don't want the plane to turn around. Like don't abort, don't abort the takeoff because of me, like, this is going to pass. It, it looks more serious than it really is. Um, I'll be fine. But, um, you know, as I'm thinking this, so I, I reclined my seat and it only goes back the, the, the couple inches that a, you know, a typical kind of coach airplane seat will, will tilt back these days. But that was enough that um, I still felt dizzy and woozy. I don't think I, I lost consciousness. I didn't kind of quote unquote faint um, through this episode Um, Even, you know, even though I wasn't able to lay completely flat, I that small tilt of the seat was enough to get me on, you know, get my head back far enough uh, or whatever it needed to do. It was enough um, to, uh, you know, alleviate, you know, just the worst of of the symptoms. So, again, like I, I, you know, I still felt dizzy. I still felt my blood pressure drop. But uh, but, yeah, I didn't faint the way I usually would once those kind of symptoms start coming. So um, so there you go. There's the truth of it. That, that little bit of reclining, at least in that one instance, that little bit made the difference. That was enough of a recline to get me, um, you know, if not flat, at least uh, inclined enough that, uh, you know, it helped. So um, there you go. That's, that's, my, that's my, uh, my flying story, my, my airline story. That's great. You've proved it that it works. So, yeah. So the next time you're flying, if you're, you know, skeptical, you know, why does this, you know, if the seat's only going to recline this small little bit, why have it at all? Or if the person in front of you is reclining and you're upset with them. And, you know, maybe it's, uh, you know, maybe they're starting to feel faint and they need to go flat and they're trying to get as flat as they can. And, um, you know, they, 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 they regret the inconvenience, but uh, it's for a better cause, because certainly if, if they faint or they have some kind of full on episode, of whatever they're suffering and then the plane has to turn around that's going to inconvenience you a lot more than um than a slightly reclined seat wow that's my message okay that is a great message thank you thank you very much for okay no <laughs> oh, you're welcome all right so uh, sean you want to once again tell people where they can find uh uh, you or your podcast. Yeah, so once again, I am Sean, and I am from uh, Next Scene Podcast, where we take on pop culture one scene at a time. And uh, every year for the past few years, we've been doing holiday specials. And this year, we'll be covering uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, the the film. We'll be covering it in uh, in chunks in uh, several episodes to, uh, to delight you and entertain you during this coming holiday season. So check that out at nextscenepod.com. And at Next Scene Pod on the social media.
0: All right. And while you're doing that, you can go rate and review and subscribe to any podcatcher you might be using to listen to the show. Finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for mover A Minute. You can find me on Facebook, you can find me on Twitter, and you can find me on my website, move minute.com. So, Sean, you feel like coming back again tomorrow? And uh, I, I would say finish off the week, but to finish off your section of, uh, of, of this movie with, with lots of credits.
1: Um, well, all I can say to that is they told me there were terrorists at the airport. <laughs> but why does <laughs> this of keep happening to us? Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's right. All right. So until tomorrow, Yippee Yipikaye. Yippee If you're fond of sandju and salty air. Quaint little villages here and